This is Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles. No, that's a fake pass to Jeffrey in for the touchdown. And you're listening to the Eagles Live Podcast with Dave Spadaro. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Live Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. And what a week it's been at the NovaCare Complex for the Philadelphia Eagles, who conclude this 2019 offseason. The mandatory minicamp has come and gone, and now we set our sights on training camp late July right here in South Philadelphia. A great show for you today. We're going to hear from Carson Wentz, the big contract extension, keeps him in Philadelphia through 2024. We'll also go one-on-one with quarterbacks coach Press Taylor, who talks about Wentz, of course, and the quarterback room, which has had significant changes since 2018. We begin this Eagles Live podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group with a visit from Ross Tucker, the man about NFL football, Sirius XM NFL radio, Westwood One sideline reporter, uh, the WIP pregame radio show co-host, and we are thrilled that this preseason joining our Eagles network for the preseason games is our color analyst. Ross, welcome. How are you? I, I am fantastic, Dave. I'm looking forward to working with you. I've been watching you on these games for years. We do a good job, right? Uh, yeah, you do an unbelievable That's job. That's all Chris Barletto, now, by the I, way. I, if you watch every, I would, I, you know, I know Eagles fans just watch the Eagles games probably. If you watch the other preseason broadcast, it's really not close. Yeah, it really is not. Well, no, I don't want to criticize anybody. I just know that here, Everybody takes the preseason very seriously and wants to present an accurate view of the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, th- there's a lot to watch with this football team when training camp starts there up is, here in six way, weeks. By the way, do you know that almost all my buddies really don't like you? Why is that? They're Thanks. just really good to know. They're unbelievably jealous. Oh, are they? <laughs> they oh, love you. Yeah. They're like sponge, but the, the the common thing I get from my friends is like. Tell me that guy doesn't have the best job in the world. Tell me that guy. I mean, and these are guys with good jobs. Yeah, these yeah. are guys that like work on Wall Street. They're like, tell me that guy doesn't have the best work job. I'm like, I think he's got a pretty good job. You, know, you got to ask him. But I think it's a pretty good job. That's nice to hear. I, I hear. I've heard a lot actually. Um, people go, you know, Spadero. I never liked you until the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And I said, why is that? And they said because during the Andy Reid days, all you did was defend the Eagles. I'm like, yeah. We went to the NFC Championship game five times in eight I years. I was the same. Right? I was always defending right. the Eagles. I was on. A, I played seven years. Never once did I get to a conference championship game. Yeah. So I was trying to explain to people, do you know how good that is? Plus, you know what's weird? We've talked about this before. You know, I grew up huge fan of the Eagles. Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, Jerome Brown, late 80s, early 90s, the whole deal. What I thought was weird is that during the McNabb-Andy Reid era, People would still talk about the Randall Cunningham, Reggie White era like that was the good old days. I was like, do you realize that those guys, and as much as I love those personalities and those players, that they never actually made it to a NFC Championship they, game? They never what, won, they a playoff won one game. playoff game? Well, I mean, and that was with Rich Coach. Where do you rank Buddy Ryan as an Eagles fan? Where do you rank Buddy Ryan among the pantheon of Eagles coaches? So in my lifetime, uh, I'll go three. Okay, I'll go. Andy Reid and Doug are both up there for. I think you got to put Doug just based on he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and 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 last year followed it up with a darn impressive year, both times. By the way, with the backup quarterback. Yeah. So I think I'd say Doug is one, Andy's one A, and then I'd say Buddy's next, and then I'm trying to think. Coat Buddy tight, more than Ray, Ray, Rhodes. Ray Rhodes. Ray Rhodes won playoff games. Yeah, 
But he did see Ray. I, I give Buddy credit because he resurrected a franchise. I think people really gravitated toward the bravado, the confidence. Yeah, he gave him an put, identity. Put the Eagles back on the NFL map. Yeah, and, yeah. and you're, you're in the division with the Redskins winning the Super Bowl, the Giants winning the Super Bowl, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. It was nice that it felt like the Eagles finally mattered and yeah. could beat those teams. So yeah, I you know I think if you probably look at the one loss, people would probably. Go Ray Rhodes or Buddy Ryan. But do you think if you polled my friends or 100 people that they'd say Ray Rhodes or no. Buddy? I don't think they would. No, nobody would. <laughs> nobody would say that. I think they'd agree with me. Yeah, nobody would say that. So so let's start there. Let's start with Doug Peterson. And a coach who, when he was hired in 2016, was mocked, ridiculed. Uh, nobody, uh, an NFL.com poll suggested that he was the seventh out of seven head coaches hired that year. Why has he been so successful, Ross? Well, there's a bunch of reasons, but... The first one is that he doesn't care about those polls or anything like that. To me, those polls are so comical. You're, you're, you're rating people that are total unknowns based on what they've never done before. And I think the thought process was, hasn't been a coordinator that long. Who cares? Right? We've seen that with Sean McVay and a bunch of guys. Who cares? And wasn't calling the plays in Kansas City. Again, clearly... Who cares? I mean, you think about it. Peterson's getting got jo- you know other guys' jobs left and right. Like Matt Nagy, like he doesn't get that job unless Peterson comes to Philly right. and wins the Super Bowl. Right. Now it's like, okay, they don't have to call plays. They don't have to be this or that. Uh, man, you watch the video, and I, I didn't, you know, I never played for the Eagles. I retired ten years ago, but you watch the video of Doug Peterson after that Saints playoff loss, and that gets you choked up, mm-hmm, man, mm-hmm. because you know. It's pro sports. It's about the money. It's about providing for your family and stuff like that. But when you watch that, you could see how much he cared about the players. And I think players feel that and know that. So we're talking, number one, the creativity and the ingenuity on offense, which has been off the charts for the Eagles since he's been there. And not just the Philly-Philly stuff. I just mean aggressiveness, throws down the field, stuff like that that they've done, more shotgun, more getting the ball to the backs. And you combine that with the willingness to embrace analytics, being more aggressive, fourth down, things like that, and then also the players knowing how he feels about them. And number one piece of advice I always give new head coaches or anybody in life really is be yourself He's totally himself. Yeah. I mean, he is who he is. He's not loud and boisterous. He doesn't pretend to be somebody he's not. And I think the players really embrace that. I remember when Jeffrey Lurie removed Chip Kelly and talked about emotional intelligence and everybody kind of went, what is emotional intelligence? Doug displays that. He, he gets the plight of the player, having played in the league for 14 years. He understands what they go through. He's always very positive. I, I just... Is he a player's coach? Is that, I'm, I'm, I'm always afraid to ask you that because that's not necessarily a, a positive connotation. I think he is a player's coach, and I think it is a positive connotation. And I think that there are more than one way to skin a cat, so to speak. You know, it doesn't have to always be like New England. It doesn't have to always be like Belichick. I think Pete Carroll is a player's coach. Mm-hmm. You know, always happy. Now, he's different than Doug because he's always happy, always chewing gum. Does a guy have a gum sponsorship? <laughs> I mean, always happy, always bouncing around. Doug's not quite that, but I think he's closer to the Pete Carroll spectrum of letting the guy say what they want to say, treating them like men, telling them what the deal is, than the Belichick 
way of doing things, which obviously has been very successful. Uh, but I think he is a player's coach, and I look at that as a positive. Um, I don't see any part of that that's been a negative for him so far. You don't look at it and think it's the you know quote unquote inmates running the asylum or anything like that. I will say this: he is so backed up by the organization's ability and willingness to embrace the players as people. You know, I loved that Malcolm Jenkins and Chris Long and all these guys, Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz, I love that they were the team that won the Super Bowl because they really are such good guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, they really are. And to prove that you could care about other people and do all these positive things and be outspoken on certain subjects and still be able to have the success was great because I, I just can't imagine that happening in New England. Ross, since the day the Eagles selected Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson has said, that he is married to the quarterback, the franchise quarterback, number 11. Wentz, of course, signed through 2024 now. Your thoughts on the contract extension, what it means for Wentz, what it means for the Eagles, both from a franchise quarterback standpoint and the salary cap and what the Eagles can do from a, a maneuverability standpoint. Yeah, so first of all, I think you know this, but I met Carson as a junior in college. I called both of his FCS championship games was unbelievably impressed by him. And I can't emphasize enough, his senior year, he missed the last six, seven, eight games with that broken arm, a broken wrist or whatever it was, and still came back to play in the championship game even though he was projected to be a high pick. There's, you know, We see now, Dave, a lot of guys say, I'm not playing in the bowl game, I'm not doing this. This guy didn't just say I'm playing. He was coming back from an injury. Just And I remember asking him, Carson, what if you go out there and play really poorly? He's like, that's a chance I'm willing to take to be out there with my guys in this championship game. So I've loved him ever since then. You know, I did not know if the Eagles would go for the contract extension this year or not. I was very curious. I'm a guy that had a back surgery in Buffalo, so I was curious to do it. What it does is, for Carson, I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, he's gotten hurt the last couple of years. To get $66 million fully guaranteed to cement yourself as the guy here, especially with, you know, not uncertainty, because as soon as the Eagles moved on from Nick Foles, there wasn't uncertainty anymore. But still, there's always going to be, I think, a small portion of the fan base that will remember what Nick did, and they should, right? But I think to be able to stamp and cement that and be like, no, no, Carson's the guy. And he's going to be the guy. I think it's a great sign for how he's looked out here this spring. I just can't imagine, Dave, that the Eagles would have done this if they didn't think he looked awesome this spring and healthy. So how does he stay healthy? How do you stay healthy, Ross, in this violent game of football? I think there's a couple of things. Uh, number one, you continue to have one of the top two or three offensive lines in the NFL in front of you. Number two... I think he's doing some things health-wise to put himself in the best position possible. And number three, I do think, and I know this is an off-debated thing, I do think that he needs to make sure that he's making wise, long-term decisions. I think, you know, my theory on that, Dave, he's like 6'6", 240, whatever he is. You know, he played high school football in North Dakota. Mm -hmm. I mean, he probably could just run over every dude, every play if he <laughs> wanted to. Then he played FCS where he was still one of the bigger, faster guys. I just think he can still be aggressive running the ball at times and even in the pocket without taking some of the shots and some of the risks that he's taken. And I think the Eagles organization, I give them a lot of credit because on some level, 
they're taking a little bit of a risk here, right? They could have waited another year, but I think that they truly believe that if they wait another year, Carson's going to have an MVP-like season, and he would be the highest-paid quarterback and player in the NFL, and it'd be 36 37 maybe even $38 million a year. So I think the Eagles thought, look, he looks great, he looks healthy, and we're saving four, five, six million dollars a year by doing it now. That's two good players. So I think they're looking ahead and just saying, we're going to end up signing him next year anyway. Might as well do it now. Eyeing training camp, pads go on. Your thoughts on the offense? Deshaun Jackson in town, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders. As you say, the offensive line returns intact. Andre Dillard, your first-round pick in training at left tackle. What do you see as the major storylines for training camp with the offense? Boy, is it is it the best they've had in years? Is how I would. Look I think at it, it looks amazing in spring. It's it's been remarkable. I mean, Deshaun, the fact that Deshaun factor, are we overstating it here? Talking about how his speed is going to change the entire dynamic of this offense. I felt like there was a huge difference between 2017 and 2018. Even just having Torrey Smith versus Mike Wallace, I just felt like that made a difference. People forget. I felt like Torrey Smith got like at least one pass interference every game too. Yeah. You know, those yards count. And just the threat to be able to have Deshaun to do what he does, I think just opens up the middle even more for guys like Ertz, Nelson Aguilar, Dallas Goddard. I mean, they probably have Dave two of the top ten tight ends in the NFL. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Goddard's a stud. Goddard's and, a stud. And everything I've Heard and and seen so far from JJ Arcega Whiteside. I mean, he is very very impressive. I think that there's a chance. I mean, is there a better fourth wide receiver out there right now? Now it's only the spring. He hasn't yeah. put pads on yet. But this isn't even the time where JJ's supposed to excel. He's more of a guy with the pads on with his physicality, but he's already showing that he's going to be a factor. They really appear to have an embarrassment of riches, and I feel like more depth than they had last year. I mean, Yeah, you're right. I, yeah. That, and, and you're going to need it. There were injuries all across the board, especially at the running back position. So then you get Jordan Howard. Tell me about Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders, don't really know a whole lot about him. Corey Clement coming back from injury. Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams. Uh, the Eagles having competition there. But Jordan Howard, how does he fit into the offense, Ross? So Jordan Howard is what they lost last year when they didn't have LeGarrette Blunt and when Jay Ajayi went down. They never had a hammer. They never had kind of the uh, the meat tenderizer, if you will. They didn't have that guy in short yarded situations. And we all want backs that are great out of the backfield and are shifty and can make plays in the passing game. But it's still football, mm-hmm. and you still need guys that can hammer it up in there and get the tough yards. I really felt like that's what the Eagles were lacking at times last year. And to have Jordan Howard, and Dave, he's on his contract year. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that's going to be motivated and running hard behind that line. I think he's a perfect compliment for Miles Sanders. I watched every snap Miles played at Penn State, every single one. He is silky smooth. You know, he was the number one ranked running back in the country coming out of high school. He's a five star recruit. He's excellent out of the backfield, great hands. He's shifty. You know, he just got overshadowed for a couple years at Penn State by Saquon Barkley. We've we've seen what he could do. But I'm telling you right now, there's things that Miles did last year that were better than Saquon. He is not the off the charts physical phenom that Saquon is, but I'm not sure he doesn't have better vision. 
I think he had one negative yardage run all year last year. Saquon would have a bunch of those. So Miles knows where to hit it up inside. He's more of a slasher, a little more, um, uh, just a little, a little better vision. And it sounds bad saying this, but a little more of a natural runner than Saquon is. Saquon is more of just a, a physical phenom who's sheer physicality enables him to have the big plays he does. I'd like to talk to you more at length about the defense when the pads go on, but just in general, an overview of kind of the expectations. Zach Brown in, Malik Jackson in, Vinnie Curry returns, the Eagles losing Chris Long, Michael Bennett traded to the Patriots. In general, Ross, this defense and what you think on that side of the ball? Well, I think they're better in the secondary, just because they're getting all these guys back healthy and they've got crazy depth there now. So they're better in the secondary. Linebacker, I think it's probably a wash, maybe even a little bit better. And I like Jordan Hicks. I really did. But I'd rather have Zach Brown for the money they're paying Zach Brown than mm-hmm. the money that Jordan Hicks got. I mean, I just, and, and Jordan's a great guy. Jordan got paid. But Jordan got paid. Good for him. I think D line, if I had to look and say, they need some guys to step up. Yeah. The fourth D tackle, whether that's Ridgeway or whoever, you know, they need Timmy Jernigan to come back and play well. The fourth D end, whether it's Sweat or Miller or whoever, the, you know, the odds are you never want to see it happen, but one of those top three D tackles or D ends going to go down. They need that next guy to really be able to step up and play well. Ross Tucker, the pride of Princeton University, not drafted in the NFL, seven years in the league. It is time now to play some trivia. Undrafted Pro Bowl offensive lineman trivia. You ready? Okay. See how smart you really are, I Mr. Princeton. I, I was not prepped for this, well, by the that, way. That's Just the idea. Knows. That's the whole idea. <laughs> this Pro Bowl offensive lineman was undrafted out of Arkansas as a tight end. And was Jason switched. Peters. Thanks, Chris Barlotta, for the real softball there, number one. I was, by the way, that was my, uh, he was my teammate. Yes, 2004, he was. 2005. And he's still playing. I, it, it's insane. <laughs> it's it's insane. I, my back hurts when I'm like on the beach. This guy's still playing <laughs> pro football. This Pro Bowl offensive lineman went undrafted out of Louisville, but became part of the famed Washington offensive line. Nick Joe Jacoby. The Hogs. Okay. This Pro Bowl offensive lineman was undrafted out of Florida A&M, but helped anchor the Dallas Cowboys offensive line in the early Nate Newton. to mid-90s. That's correct. This Pro Bowl center originally blocked for Herschel Walker in the USFL and then helped anchor the Buffalo Bills. Ken Holt. Okay. Number five. This Pro Bowl center... Do I get credit for a- you, oh, answering you're, you're it quickly, or am so I just being rude? No, it's cool. Okay. It just shows you All what right. a undrafted, <laughs> an undrafted offensive lineman nerd you are. It's perfect. <laughs> this Pro Bowl center originally signed with the Baltimore Ravens in 1996, only to be cut, and then signed with the Indianapolis... Jeff Saturday. Indianapolis Colts started... Okay. Five for five. You really know your undrafted Pro Bowl offensive lineman trivia. Dude, I I want to do. I want to play that more often with we'll, you. We'll, we, it doesn't have to be undrafted offensive lineman. Well, we'll I do just something like, else. I like trivia. Like As that. we get closer to the preseason broadcasts and we uh, have a chance to sit down and talk, we'll do it again. The, I pre- can't the wait. preseason four games, Eagles Network. Ross Tucker, Scott Graham, Dave Spadaro on the sidelines. I think I'm still on the sidelines. Yes, and um, we're gonna have a blast. I cannot wait. And you're going to be a great addition to the broadcast I've been watching these games team. my whole life. Now I get to be a part of them. Are you going to parlay this into a GM job like Mayock did? I don't think Clearly, so. Clearly, that's what propelled him into I, the... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm available. Yeah. N- now that I see what some of these guys are getting paid to be GM. That's exactly right. That, that's a lot of sideline <laughs> swag for you. All right. We thank you so much, Ross Tucker, for joining the Eagles live podcast. We'll be back in just one moment. Next up, quarterback coach Press Taylor joins us 
on the Eagles Live podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. The Eagles Football Academy offers hands-on coaching and instruction for football players between the ages of 7 and 16. These one-day clinics are held at the NovaCare Complex and feature non-contact drills led by top high school and college coaches, as well as appearances by an Eagles player, cheerleaders, and swoop. Summer clinics are filling up fast, so visit PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Eagles Academy to sign your son or daughter up today. We're back on the Eagles Live podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Insider Dave Spadaro with you. Earlier this week, the Eagles, of course, making the big news. Carson Wentz contract extension through 2024. Big news, and that's kind of going to be the focus here for the remainder of our podcast. The Eagles quarterback coach's name, Press Taylor. And that room has had some change in this offseason. Nick Foles, of course, Signing on with Jacksonville in free agency, the Eagles adding Clayton Thorson in the draft, and then Cody Kessler, a young veteran, in the latter parts of free agency. So, the quarterback room is led, of course, by number 11, Carson Wentz. Nate Sudfeld moves up a notch and has a chance to be the number two, one play away from playing time. Then we've got Thorson, the developing player from Northwestern, and Kessler, the veteran who's got some winning experience in the NFL. What does that all mean for the Eagles quarterback picture? Well, let's turn it over now. A little one-on-one time, myself, with the quarterback's coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Press Taylor. Press, uh, how's the dynamic changed in that quarterback room with Nick moving on, with Clayton coming in, with Cody here? Uh, I don't know that it necessarily has changed. I think, you know, with... uh the guys that have been in there, I think Clayton and Cody obviously come in and get used to the dynamics of it, the open communication that I feel like we have, the honest communication we have. Um, they've kind of just fallen in line. I think that that's a tribute to uh, Nate and Carson of making them feel comfortable and kind of setting the tone for here's how we operate here. All right, let's talk about Carson and first the contract. It's got to make you feel great. You know, you know the guy's going to be here for the next right. six seasons. Yeah, it definitely does as a coaching staff to know who your quarterback is for the next six years. And then for the front office as well, I'm sure it it's, gives you a peace of mind and gives you a, a good plan going forward of how you want to build the team around your quarterback. So, And the same with our offense, building our offense around our quarterback to feature his strengths. Fans want to know what you've seen from Carson throughout this spring. He's done a great job, and he just continues to immerse himself in the offense. He's really running the show well, very encouraged with where he's at. I think he feels good. He's moving around really well, throwing the ball well, doing a great job of working through the communication with the new the new pieces we've added to our offense as well. And your feelings on Nate as, at this point, competing for number two? He's done a great job. He, he continues to show growth that you would expect a guy that's uh, you know in his third year in the system. Um, and he's really good protecting the football, making good decisions, getting the ball to playmakers in space. Late round pick on Clayton. What did you see in him and what have you seen from him as an Eagle? He's a very mature, uh, very professional approach to the game. You know, he does a good job. He's seen a lot of ball, obviously. He's the Big Ten uh, record holder for starts, 53 starts, I think, throughout his career. So he's seen a lot of ball. He's won a lot of games. He's done a good job elevating the play of the guys around him. And I think he's done that here. He's done a great job of, you know, handling as we install the offense and, and getting himself comfortable with it. And then Cody comes in to compete, experience, winning experience in the NFL. Right, yeah, a guy that started 12 games in the NFL, that, that's invaluable. I mean, that's the type of stuff that he, he asks great questions as he's learning the offense, and he is learning the offense, so he's still uh, a beginner in that standpoint. But you, you can just see 
by the questions he asks, by the way he plays the game, uh, the way he handles each situation on the field that this guy's played and, and done well in this league. So we're excited with him as well. Last year, Carson wasn't able to partake in the OTAs for the most part, 11-11. How much will he benefit from that throughout this spring and then going into training camp? I think it's huge. Anytime you can get on the field with your guys, you can take a rep with your guys and then pull to the sidelines and communicate with them. Here's what I saw. Here's why I did what I did here. And then the same thing with a guy like Deshaun. They can they can say, here's why I ran the route I did. Uh, here's what I saw coverage-wise. I think that's huge. And last year he was right there next to everybody in, in terms of meeting rooms and on the sidelines, different things like that. But it, it's just different when you get to watch yourself do it and then communicate with guys of here's why I did what I did. If you could take us behind the scenes, press Earlier in the spring, Carson mentioned that Nick was a great barista. Yes. What exactly does that mean? So, so that's uh, you know, as they as they work their way through in uh, season, really is more what it was. As they come in early in the morning, somebody would kind of bring the coffee, kind of set the tone for the day with the coffee, and we got big into the bulletproof coffee which is just a brand of coffee and that was kind of Nick's doing so Nick was Nick took it um took it upon himself to kind of be the barista within the room and did a great job and, and really supplied it to everybody throughout the building so the coaching staff as well were a part of it and it was just it was a nice little pick-me-up to start your day and that duty falls now to I think right now that Clayton's getting the nomination just as the youngest guy in the room so we may have I, I told these guys we may have to FaceTime in with Nick and, and make sure we get the recipe just right big shoes to fill big shoes to fill thanks Preston yeah absolutely thank you all right press thanks so much for that now the main dish on the Eagles live podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group Carson Wentz, fresh off signing the contract that keeps him in Philadelphia for the next six seasons, including 2019. I had a chance to go one-on-one with Carson. A little different perspective here. We wanted to talk about some of the championships that he's won. A little lighthearted talk with the franchise quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, one-on-one with Carson Wentz. Hello, everyone, and welcome, Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, with the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz, who signed a contract extension with the Eagles. You know that. It's a time to celebrate, and Carson, congratulations on the deal. Appreciate it, Dave. I'm here to celebrate, and this is how <laughs> I celebrate, right? See that? Isn't that beautiful? That's, that's, I'm pretty that's wild, beautiful. right? That's how I throw yeah. a party. All right, so I, fe- I felt like the right thing to do here, Carson, was to um, ask you about some significant moments in your life that you celebrated, yep. and we can kind of go back in some of the history here. So uh, the first birthday party, that you can ever remember? I remember watching, I believe it was Ohio State and Miami play on my birthday um, in a national championship game or something like that. Um, I couldn't remember what age I was, but I remember watching that game, eating a bunch of pizza. Um, and at pretty much every party I ever had was a sports, probably football theme. Okay. Um, so I remember that one. While all the kids come, all the buddies come oh, over yeah. and watch football. Oh, yeah. Go out in the backyard and have a little game yourself? Absolutely. Okay. Was there like a college quarterback that you loved at that time that you kind of Emulated? Well, who was your team? Uh, I was a big NC State fan, okay. um, so I loved uh, watching actually Philip Rivers oh, right, um, right. back in the day. So, okay. yep, very good. First athletic championship. How old were you? What was it? What happened? Uh, I remember eleven-year-old um, state baseball uh, winning that when I was eleven, and then going to the the regionals in Missouri, um, and that was that was a pretty big-time moment when you're eleven years old. I'm okay. um, getting to travel that many states away and Ice play cream, baseball. Ice cream, cake. Were you one of those guys? Um, of course. Okay, it good. wasn't good. I, I'm with you. Okay, how about graduating high school? Yeah, it was a big, big moment, I guess. Uh, <laughs> long, kind of just one of those big uh, reliefs, finally out of high school. Senior finally, trip? Finally growing up. Um, yeah, I went with, went with some buddies to okay. Minneapolis, went to 
some sporting events and, and hung out and stuff. Uh, went to casino, went gambling, lost okay. about 20 bucks uh, that weekend. So, yeah, got wild. Kind of, you did, no doubt yeah, about it. Yeah, you are a wild guy, sure. there's no question. All right, how about getting a college scholarship? Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I'll never forget um, Coach Bull uh, at NDSU for the first time uh, coming down and offering me that scholarship at NDSU um, and knew that's where I wanted to go at that moment. And uh, yeah, that was a pretty surreal moment at the same time. That must be awesome. How about you were part of five national championships at North yeah. Dakota State. You pick one, I guess the first one or the, maybe the first one that you were uh, the quarterback? Yeah, the first one I started. So okay. it would have been the fourth one um, in that journey. But the first one I started, um, was was pretty surreal. The game itself had an unbelievable ending. Uh, it was an amazing season, and so I'll never forget that one against Illinois State and that that national championship. What was the game. celebration like? Uh, Locker room. I mean, it couldn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had a long wild, we had right? a long flight home from Texas at that point, um, but uh, it was it was quite the fun okay. uh, fun plane ride. Tell back. me about the ending of the game. What happened? Uh, we had a two minute drive um, that we were down and. Uh, Couple of big time throws got down to the five, and then I ran a touchdown in with like 30 seconds oh, left. That's awesome. Um, and it was, yeah, pretty, pretty epic. 2016 being drafted number two overall in yeah. the NFL draft. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Um, never forget that. The just absolute chills and goosebumps walking down that stage, um, shaking Goodell's hand, and um, just knowing, you know, I remember the night before almost getting emotional, just knowing my life was changing uh, for, for the better, obviously, and um, just pretty surreal moment. Here's the weird thing about that. You get drafted, you do the Roger Goodell hug, and then you go through this car wash of interviews, right? Yeah. Like, expl you, you yeah. didn't even get back to your family for yeah. hours, right? Yeah, about almost three hours. Okay. Um, yeah, they put you through the gauntlet a If you little could bit. change one thing about the NFL, would you change that? Absolutely. Yeah. You want to celebrate with your family right, right away, and instead... They're putting you through the ringer, and then you get a celebration. So right. you still get the celebration in. But, okay. Um, All right. But it's just delayed. Exactly. All right. Starting and winning your first NFL game, Cleveland Browns, Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah. Huge moment. Yeah. That was that was unbelievable. Just obviously a lot of people know the, the kind of history there, finding out I was going to start eight days before that. and. Then going out and winning and uh, first drive going down and throwing a touchdown pass, getting all those kind of firsts out of the way right mm -hmm. there. Um, that was a pretty special game. Were you a celebrating guy at that point? I mean, getting into the routine of the NFL? Was there a uh, moment where you actually did celebrate after the game? I don't think so. Yeah. No, Phone blew up, tons of, tons of yeah, text messages yeah, and all I that mean, stuff? That, there's always that stuff. But, okay. Um, yeah, I was kind of just on to the next. Okay. Winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, obviously a lot of uh, amazing emotions with that. Obviously, I didn't play, so it was you know there's um, it was tough to not be out there, but it was amazing to see uh, see the guys um, that you know we put all that work in together and, and see them you know finish the deal. Um, pretty pretty cool, and then obviously you know the, the parade and everything that came with that. I mean, that the, was, uh, the party after was not a bad you'll time. You'll never either. forget that. Uh, at, at some point, so you were raised Christian, but then in college you really kind of deepened your commitment to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Was there a celebration, if you will, at that at that point? Um, I really felt like you know all of college was just a celebration and growing in my faith. Um, but I'll never forget the moment um, that I had a teammate ask me if I'd read the Bible, and then, long story short, we ended up meeting together and, and going through the Bible. Um, and I really just figured out who Jesus was to me, um, and, and my perspective changed entirely. And I just had a lot of freedom in Christ instead of uh, feeling a burden of rules. I found the freedom of, of a relationship with Him. And um, so now it's just a, a lifelong celebration in that regard. All right, speaking of relationships, your engagement and your marriage, that is the big one here. Yeah, absolutely. That was 
I don't think I've ever been more nervous in my life than uh, trying to propose to my wife. Uh, I couldn't have went through that script any more times, and I was still <laughs> nervous and shaking. Um, and I don't get nervous for games. I don't get nervous for a lot of things, but that was one moment I'll never forget. But thank God she said yes, and uh, the, the wedding was pretty special. Wait a minute. There was a script? You had a, a script? You didn't audible here? You didn't, uh, you didn't, I mean, I had, I had it memorized in my head All what right. I wanted to say, and I think I said what I wanted to say. I still don't really know. <laughs> and then, Carson, was it a celebration after signing this, after agreeing to terms on this historic contract? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty pretty simple uh, Carson Wentz-type celebration, just hanging out at home uh, with my wife and, and everything, uh, wife and the dogs, and, and just relaxing. And, um, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty simple celebration. There you go. A life of celebration for Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz, the most recent of which, of course, a contract extension that keeps him in Philadelphia through 2024. And hopefully, we all hope, many years to yes, come. Sir. Thank you so much. Carson Wentz, congratulations. Thanks, Thank you all for joining us here. Carson Wentz in studio at the NovaCare Complex. And that will do it for this Eagles Live podcast. Thanks to Peter Kelly and to Chris Barletto for making this all happen and putting it all together so beautifully. Thanks to all of you for taking part each and every week on the Eagles Live podcast. And we are back every week between now and the start of training camp, so make sure you tune in. We've got guests like Jake Elliott, like Doug Peterson. Oh, a whole lot more coming your way. We're even going to go into the equipment room and talk to Greg Delamitros about the Eagles and that part of the business, the football operations here with the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks to everyone for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, have yourselves a great Eagles day. And fly, Eagles, fly.